0: Jen. And I'm Carrie. And this is Warhammer 40k Book Club, where we read from a crack. This is episode number 84, and our book is Outgunned by Denny Flowers, which tells the story of ace pilot Lucille von Shard as she repels an orc invasion on the planet Bacchus, known for its wine. <laughs>
1: You <laughs> not see that coming. Did you? <laughs> we posted
0: several questions on our website wh40kbookclub.com and we encourage participation in our discussions via Twitter, YouTube, our site, or encrypted box channel. Spoiler warning. If you haven't yet read this book, go and check it out and then come back to this episode as we're going to be talking about it from start to finish in great detail. With that, let's dive in. Did you like this book? I did. I had fun. I it was okay. I wasn't a super fan of it. I didn't hate it. Um, (laughs) We've definitely read books that I liked a lot less. Um, It was just okay, though. I liked parts of it.
1: I thought the telling from the point of view of the propagandist was very interesting. Uh, But I think what I... Why I liked it was like okay, so I really didn't. I'm never gonna get these questions, but I didn't really like any of the characters in in the book, and I don't think I was. I liked Pliant; he was it. Um, Pliant was great, uh, but I don't think we were supposed to, because I really think this is a. You know, the reason why I chose it to be from the story of a propagandist because in many many ways this is like what this is like taking the veil off of the propaganda. It's like you know the truth behind all the right. propaganda. So, um, and it's one thing to kind of see it in, you know, Wraithbone Phoenix, where it's kind of comical in a way that, that you know, they're like, "Oh, like there's nothing to see here. It's all fine." And if someone says they did see something, then you need to call this person on them. You know? Exactly. You know, it's that's this kind of funny, but this is like from like point of view of like, no, we are actually seeing like how they come up with this. You know, we want to get some great shots so, so we can, you know, uh, try to, you know, help with recruitment that we are so amazing at everything that we do and everything is just fine. So I kind, kind of like that because in many ways, when we see stuff from the Astro Militarum, yes, we have, we see snippets of that, of, you know, so, some of these truths but there's always some redeeming character, some redeeming thing going on. And this didn't have anything of that, which I thought was just kind of brilliant. It's just like, no, this is just the bare truth and
0: it sucks. Interesting way of looking at it. Um, And actually does raise it a little bit in my esteem when you word it that way. I did like, there were a couple things here going on that I really liked in part in terms of like which parts stood out to me. I like that despite him kind of thumbing his nose at his own industry with the propagandists, he himself is a product of it. And we got to see that a couple of times, right? Like with the orcs, where uh, Plion is like, oh, you know, a lot of them get pretty big like that. And he's like, no, because that's not what he's seen in his propaganda points, right? right? And the whole idea of maybe there being some intelligence there. Oh, yeah. Um, How much he was just so shocked about that one
1: pretending to be dead.
0: He was like, yes. that's not
1: right, like, they can't do stuff like this. And of course, I'm snickering, especially after reading you know, Catachan Devil. You know, I mean, yes, we've seen orcs, orcs be sneaky. Uh, proper tactics, that's right, that's right, proper tactics, tactics. Like, you gotta really a Very, very emphasis on
0: that K, K sound. Yes,
1: yes, it's not that's why they do it with a K, not a C. It's,
0: well, and that's one of the things I really liked. My, my favorite scene in the book is actually when Pliant. So after Simlex is having his Howard Hughes moment, right? Of, <laughs> I can't capture the speed of the planes. Um, oh my god, he was all, such a crybaby. Oh my god. We'll get into that later. Um, but like after he's having this like Howard Hughes breakdown about not being able to capture the speed of the planes, and Pliant comes to him with a solution. I did like how his first response is, "Did a did a tech priest sign off on this?" Well, no uh so it's like i need a solution and they present him a solution but again because he is a product of the warhammer 40k the imperial propaganda right Ooh, we don't this is tech heresy like what you have done is tech heresy right
1: but he you had also a
0: problem and they solved it
1: but you see that a lot like even with his re-interactions with with the governor dolos you know he yes. acts like he's so disgusted by everything but then same time like he exhibits the exact same attitude but with with stuff it's like so hypocritical and i think that's one reason why i like this book so much is that everyone everyone is a hypocrite there's like again no redeeming qualities we're all hypocrites there's no heroes here which is isn't that kind of like one of the big things we always talk about with the period like like what what was that meme like our one of our friends like brought up as like
0: um Oh, with the Black Panther thing? Yeah. Where, well, who's the good guys? We don't do that here.
1: Well, no, no, no. It had like a multiple choice. Like, like who's the Oh a, who's my God, yes. I put that
0: in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, oh That was you. Okay, I thought it was um, Ross. And, and um, the but, yeah.
0: answer is obviously the orcs are the hero of the 40K universe. Because, because they're, they're the only ones life. living their best life. <laughs> they're the only ones having fun. Which, again, you... It's very funny to read books just from the Imperial uh, perspective because we have seen so many books now showing that orc perspective that like some of these scenes, like basically whenever they were in the gray storm, hysterical from the orc's perspective, right? Because like when they talk about it raining bullets, this makes so much orcish sense, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's coming from the Imperial. So they're just like, what is going on? Like, oh, this is terrifying. This is absolutely terrifying. But if we had a chapter from the orcs perspective, it would be hilarious. Proper tactics.
1: Oh my god. I yeah, I actually kind of wanted some of this to be from the, the orcs perspective, to just a, a little bit. But yeah, I mean what's so funny is that they and both of the main characters in this, and even the governor, like, you know, they protest like what they have to do and at the same time they spout it just the same. Mm-hmm. it's hysterical like i gosh at the end when they're both turning everything against one another when like he's even talking about um like like if she could even fly what what you know what one of their planes she's like well i really don't know he's like oh are you trying to say that a human isn't as smart as an orc because that's heresy she's like oh okay i see how this is going you know and then she'd flip it back on him with something else it's You know when you have all these rules like you're all you just everything gets backed up against you
0: right so very much so and there's so much stuff so i thought it was absolutely hysterical when the servo skull was translating what the orc was saying yeah and it was basically speaking in elcor where it was like query statement um super fun right but and it was really fun too because you could imagine what they were saying but I did like how they're both kind of like this is there's something really weird about this like we're essentially communicating with an orc Mm -hmm. and I like when she tells him she's like cut the feed and he's like I'm not actually controlling this right like again they're just they're so entrenched within their world which is awesome that there's all these little things that we again player knowledge not character knowledge um, that it makes it kind of fun but also a little frustrating but in a right. good way right that doesn't even make sense i don't know if that even makes sense it makes sense in my head um a lot of the stuff with the orcs i'm with you though i think i would have liked to have seen maybe a chapter or two from the orcs especially because that green storm was like super cool well like i think it'd be cool if
1: uh if he wrote like a short story
0: from that would his, be awesome
1: you know ba- based on the on the orcs point of view especially when the if the eldari like said to come back like that'd be kind of funny too oh my god
0: we'll talk more about the eldari um later that's actually one of my big complaints with the book um but let's talk about lucille von shard hero what did you think of her as a character did you like her is it was she a good subject for heroism in the 40k universe she was a bitch. I mean,
1: and before I get like any like, you know, I don't know, like misogynist hate. If she were a guy, I'd be like, he was a dick. And um, uh, just honestly, while the same, well, on the one hand, like I was liking her in the beginning, like with her little pilot banter between her and client. Like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of stuff that you that you would expect. But then when you see like just how arrogant and entitled she is um just in like because she knows she's the best well just because you know you're the best doesn't mean that you have to be an ass about it um right you know there's like you know some of the you know problems that we even have with some you know of our favorite athletes you know, they're so good. Well, they're not, you don't like them as much when they know how good they are and they're jerks about it. It's, it's the exact. Yes, she has all, she has this, this great skill,
0: but she's not a team player at all. No, no. And I, I'm i going to try to resist going on a feminist rant because this is not just a Denny Flowers issue. This is a larger pop cultural issue right now. Um, I could name several characters off the top of my head. Uh, Galadriel from the new uh, Rings of Power or whatever it's called. The new Loader. Not really Loader. A story on Amazon. Uh, General Hodo from the... Hodo? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Purple Hair Lady from the second new Star Wars movie. Um, I could list several other examples of this where people don't know how to write strong female characters. They give... The traits that we would call every woman juvenile. in Robert Jordan book. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they give these traits that are juvenile, and if it was a man, we would call them chauvinistic and poor leadership and arrogance. Like, again, as you said, like these are traits that if this was a male character, we would hate them. See Gradiolus on the opposite side of her, yes, hate him honestly, too. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure if we were supposed to like Venchard or not. Um, I don't think we were. I don't think we were. The thing I don't like when people present these, what we would call toxic masculinity or toxically masculine traits, but we're supposed to find them charming because the character has a vagina. Um, the scene I, I really wrinkled. I was with you. I liked the scene with her and Pliant, but then when you see her in that next scene where she tosses the wine bottle and she's like, "Oh no," it was so juvenile. Like, are you fourteen? I it, that that was the part where I, that was my first thing where I was like, "Am I supposed to like this character? I don't think so. No, I really um, don't think we were supposed to like her. I think you're right." The more you know, that I she think was about a, what you said... She was a spoiled brat. Very much so.
1: And so was Gradiolus. Or Gradiol... I think it's... I'm going to say Gradiolus. So he was a
0: spoiled brat, too. Oh, very much so. And, and I don't know if there's, like, a meta-commentary there about... And so is Simlitz,
1: in many ways, spoiled mm-hmm. brat. I mean, he would throw his little fit when he w- couldn't get his way oh i can't you know it doesn't it doesn't follow the, my skulls can't follow the planes you left my skull behind and she's like oh i i'm at that point i was kind of with her being an ass she's like oh i'm i'm sorry that we left your precious toy behind while my people were getting killed um right you know she she was right 100 percent right at, at that point um You know, talking about how he doesn't have time to work. He's constantly being asked to do these, you know, social things when he needs to work. He was being a brat. and and no, I I didn't like the governor either, but she kind of had a point at the same time. Like, you're a guest in my home and I ask you to do something. Is it really going to hurt you to come by and just hang out for a
0: little bit? Right. And it's not like she's, it's not like she's like the CEO of a company or even the mayor of your city. Like, she's the planetary governor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for Lucille though, I, all I could think about was one of my favorite quotes from a comedian named Jimmy Dore, where he says, your pain is ordinary. So like when, cause they kept, and they really didn't do anything with this, but they kept hinting, he kept hinting at the fact that her family is not, it's, it's a family right. <laughs> and it is manufactured, right? They basically spell it out for you. What, like in the third chapter when oh, he's yeah. looking at her child and stuff, um, But where she's sitting there talking with him and it's supposed to be a moment of vulnerability for her where she's like, yeah, we're the perfect family, almost like a manufactured family, you might say. Do you you think you're alone in that? And like later on when she's just like, I don't do anything I want because I was programmed to be this way. Yes, Pemkin. Welcome to 40K. I'm sorry you weren't born in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> right. it's it, it is it is a it, that was a hard thing where i'm like your pain is ordinary by 40k standards like it almost took me out of the book that she would even think to complain about that because that would be so like the Scala Progenium. that's just as they do well like or you think
1: about any of the Catachan. where they grew up right. do they get a choice no really no they, they really don't um but you also went to a Scala. Yeah. Your life I mean, yo, I'm so sorry you didn't have a choice in what you did. But you so you act so you decided to rebel and fail your stuff for, I don't know, reasons or whatever, just to I don't know just to rebel and be the, the outcast for whatever reason. But lots of other people would have loved to have been in that position to be forced to be in a Scala, You know, um, so I used to really love the show, Gilmore Girls. And there was this one scene, uh, it was in one of the later seasons, but it's when um, Rory is getting in a fight with her rich, um, pampered boyfriend at Yale, where she's like, you have all this money and all these opportunities. And you're just wasting him. And he's like, all I see is that I'm being shoved down one opportunity and I have no choice in any other in any other manner. And she's like, do you know how many people would love to be thrown down that one opportunity? And th- that kind of thing just always kind of stuck with me because, man, we're all just going to complain, right? It. You're never going to be happy with what you have. You're always going to want something else, whether it's you're really poor and you wish you could be forced down into a Scala or if you're this rich kid in a Scala who just was like, oh, my God, I just want to have a choice. Well, you know, life is what you make it. And you can sit there and bemoan that you don't have a choice or you can suck it up and be the best damn thing that you are at your thing. And and she is. But then her attitude sucks. So it just takes away from from all of that. And, and I, she probably didn't care and that's fine, but that's
0: just, just, just such a waste. Oh, totally agreed. But I think the thing that I would counter to her argument would be, who, who has a choice in the 40K universe? If you're going to be a law abiding citizen, who has the choice? Do you think the people who are scribes chose that lifestyle? I mean, how many books have we read? Where there's some person doing menial labor, like they're working in a manufactorum, they're working as a scribe, they're working within the administratum. Um, they didn't choose that life. That was just how they got pushed into it. Like, oh my God. can you imagine being in
1: the court. administratum where you're basically in this room with like just a candle? And so you're constantly kind of stooping over, over at this desk, just putting, going through these letters that are coming in like that, uh, one of the, that, um. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about is... Wh- I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Was, yeah, was, when
0: she sees the tarot that falls down yeah, yeah, yeah. and Which then like... Which book was that? Was that the Dawn of Fire book? It was, yes. Okay. But I can't remember if it was the... I think that was the first one. Okay. And it just... It was the most soul-crushing description. Like, the only people who really get a choice, and even then it's not a lot of illusion of choice, are like the sub-hive dwellers. So like Bagot and Claude, for instance. But they're wanted fugitives. They chose their life, and that's how they're living. Like... I mean, when she's sitting there, she's just like, well, I don't get to do what I wanted to do. I didn't have a choice. Well, what do you want to do? Like that, those are your options is to do what you did. And again, like, I'm not saying that her life is easy. You're a fighter pilot in the Aeronautica Imperialis. It's not an easy life. And the life expectancy is pretty low. Um, but you are an officer. You are afforded certain luxuries like your alcoholism, which apparently is supposed to be an endearing and cute trait. Um, like, <laughs> I don't, that was my only thing that I was like, how, how does she even know to pine for that? Like, are, are you surrounded by people who are like, oh, yes, yes, my parents, my parents are farmers, but I chose this life.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, you know, because even think about the, the Volpone,
0: <laughs> they're super wealthy and they don't have a choice either. no. Oh. You're either at home ruling the planet or you're out fighting the worst the galaxy has to offer. And even they have kind of a cushy job, right? In terms of being an astro-militarum, I don't want to swap places with them. Let me make that very clear. Um, But that was when she was complaining and she's just like, oh, my manufactured backstory. I was like, "Mm. (laughs) your pain is ordinary within your universe. that, That was... And I know that I'm just sounding like really super negative about her. I just I I think I'm still torn on whether or not we were supposed to like her character. Or I not. don't
1: I don't think so. Um, if we, I think and it, we were, if we were, then he did a really bad job. <laughs> and I think everything else was so well done that I have a hard time believing that we're supposed to like like any of it, you know, it, in a way it. Kind of a lot like Spear of the Emperor. Like, I have a feeling that in that book, we weren't supposed to like most of the characters either, to be totally honest. Right. And, you know, there's something that we even explored that it was just like, man, who's worse? You know, the, you know, the, you know, the Adeptes Astartes, the Imperium, but the Inquisition or, or Chaos. And it's like, you know, you have to you have to weigh things, right? And it comes out that the Imperium is just slightly better. You know, if you, have to right. take, if you have to pick and choose, well, okay. Um, Order of chaos. Right. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, either, I mean, what? but one thing is certain, though, even if you don't believe that if you die, you're going to go to the Emperor's side, one thing is certain is that if you die in chaos, your afterlife sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that is guaranteed. So I guess I'd rather take my chances with the unknown than sucks.
0: <laughs> right. Um, yeah, for sure. No, right. I, I can't even argue with that.
1: Yeah. Um, And so I'm, I mean, so I really don't think we were supposed to like, like, really, because the only character, the only character I think he
0: made like affable
1: at all was Pliant,
0: And Pliant was delightful, but they also kind of implied that Pliant maybe wasn't the brightest bulb in the box. Like, (laughs) well, I can't really tell, to be totally honest, because he did actually, you know, save Simlex's
1: life flying in. I honestly think that Shard was just an ass. You know, she Could was, just, she was mean be. about everybody, except for Prosperous. Like, she w- he was the only... And even then, she just didn't say anything bad about him. That was it.
0: True. And it does remind me of that phrase, never meet your heroes, right? Mm. Like, she's this hero of the Imperium, but the truth is that she's just a arrogant braggart who's a terrible leader and is not a very good person. She's just very good at killing... Mm-hmm. the enemies of the imperium which let's be real in the 40k universe that's kind of the, like the best personality trait you can have and everything else just kind of comes secondary right well you right.
1: know like and on the other token like looking at great gradiolis is that no he's not as talented as she is but he gets his role like right really for the picked he is the person because he wants to he wants to be that grand hero unfortunately he doesn't have the skills to do it but he is perfect to be a part of
0: propaganda down to very much waxing so. his mustache, you know, and uh, he knows that he's not a particularly likable guy and he didn't care. No, he, he does doesn't. not care again. His skill speaks for itself in his mind, right? Which
1: well, and he does make a point that he's like, you know, at least I'm not drunk on the job. Well, you know, you do got that going for you, but if we're going to set the you bar, if that's where we're going to set the bar, well, okay, that's setting it pretty darn low but for sure yeah it's just such interesting parallels i think across many yeah. of the characters
0: i would agree what did you think of kyle sumlex did was, was he a good pro a protagonist did you like him was he
1: no i didn't like him he was a he was a spoiled brat and and he was um, such a hypocrite the whole time he's just like you know i'm you know, I understand the truth and I'm going to come here and I'm actually going to show the truth. Well, what do you think that was going to get you? And then he acts all oh, surprised, right. like, at the end. Okay, well, that was what you set out to do was to show the truth. Of course, nobody was going to like it, Dingleberry. No. I mean, the Imperium doesn't want the truth. I even, like, wrote down, like, one of his quotes about the truth. Like, you know, um, I remember. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. this this whole thing about, you know, what, what what the truth is? Well, the truth is what the Imperium says is the truth.
0: Exactly, and I I was with you at the end there, where I was like, when he was just like, well, you know, they didn't like my story. They basically Alan Alan Smithied him, <laughs> um, and he gets this a piece out, but and then he's you know he's he's downgraded to being a scribe. And part of me was like, you you cut off your nose to spite your face. Like now yeah, you're yeah like at least some there were some benefits that came with rank right um it seemed yeah I, I was with you in that but it was also some of his hypocrisy was again because he was a product of that like oh i'm gonna show, show the truth oh, okay well the truth is that the orcs actually are demonstrating some tactics no that's right. heresy yeah
1: right that, that, and yeah Z- they like this is really the perfect example of you can't handle the truth if there ever was one.
0: Pretty much, pretty much, um, very much, very much that scene, um, because, yeah, like he, I guess I I was a little confused about that, and I was with you that he he was a little petulant with his servo skulls, and I understand that he. I, I liked the commentary that was kind of the meta-commentary of, like, these people, they don't know. Like, you left my servo skull. We also left actual human beings to die. Yeah. When he started talking about he was right. like, dude,
1: that was the skull of Mizar. And she was like, what? Really?
0: I don't care. Who's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> well, it is. And it, there is a lot of that. All I could think about was, like, the Blood Angels or some of the other chapters we've seen where they, like these relics or like there's some jokes with uh, Gulliman right with when he's being presented with his relics and he's like oh my um like there's this this great tendency to preserve and elevate and I even like like when he was talking about I think it was I think it was Mizar but it might have been the other one of the other ones where they were like well what happened to him well you know unfortunately got a little close to investigating a thing of heretics anyways like <laughs> There's, there's yep. some implications there that this is the skull you guys decided to preserve. I always love the Servo Skulls, especially because I feel like more and more authors are playing with the idea of them having personalities. Mm-hmm. Kikazar in particular I felt like whenever it would like back away from people and stuff. I like that concept. Um, I kind of like that Kikazar went and hid with Pliant. I thought that was great. <laughs> Kikazar in general was my favorite of the skulls. Um, I but there's there is this kind of hypocrisy of like well this this relic is more important than any of these people's lives but I'm here to show what a valiant effort these people are making and honor these people like I'm are here you? yeah
1: I'm here to make this wonderful pick that this planetary governor who's not even here he's like you know in the sector but he's not here that he wants so you guys need to make him happy oh sure yeah we'll we'll get right on that while we're all
0: dying in the swamp kind of found that whole dynamic a little odd too that dolos was so preoccupied with sandwich um i mean i guess i get it right like obviously like the president of the united states is very concerned about not offending the prime minister or something like that right because there's you know inner diplomacy um but the fact that she was so obsessed with it, so obsessed with it, made it a little weird. I was like I really was almost wondering
1: if he's like if he was like the governor of the whole sector? And that's, that's what I was wondering.
0: Because yeah, like yeah. if he wielded that much authority. Yeah, that's the only that is really the only thing I could think of. Right. That I'm with you there. Like you're the CEO, but you're also the president of the board. Right. Like, I mean, just kind
1: of cracked up, but she's like, you're 443rd in line. He was like, oh. that' like, that's very important if, like, about... 34 of his kids all die. It's like, what?
0: Right. All I could think about was, um... oh, shoot, what's her name from Dragon Age Inquisition? When she reveals, she's like, I'm technically in line, like, 34th in line for the Navaran throne. And she's like, people have charts on it, and oh, do they have charts. When she like demands to see the uh, lineage chart, um, when Dolos does. Yeah. Um, I liked Simlex. I did think there was a charming naivete to him, right? Of which they mention a few times in the mm-hmm. book, too, where he's just like, well, can't we just go out there? Like into the actual war zone where it's dangerous, right? Like, oh, it's, you're so adorable. Bless your heart. And, um, The fact that he doesn't pick up on a few of the things that are clearly not going, that are not good. Right. Sooner. I guess because he's not looking for it, right? Because heresy is evil.
1: Right. I mean, you know, like he didn't even think of pick up really what was rotting in Denmark until he, you know, until Kekazar picked up that thing about the and He's like, oh, wait, what? Uh, You know, so that kind of unearthed like a whole other can of worms. In many, many ways. Um, But, yeah, but, you know, but he's, well, he knows these are brave men and women, you know, who are fighting. But but they're fighting against the orcs, right? So it's not really that dangerous. So why can't you just take me out there? Um, Right. And why
0: aren't we done with this fight? Yeah, because aren't these just big dumb brutes with spears? Right. Like, just charge and like there's that conversation like when he's he, he kind of reacts poorly when Dolos is just like well I don't understand why we're just gonna go charge them and um but then like he also kind of echoes that thought of like why why haven't we won yet like I'm really confused about this they're just big dumb brutes it, it
1: it is interesting because it kind of shows I think the hierarchy of things right Ooh. so it's like she says it he's just like uh like I'm I'm a truth teller I'm not really a propaganda so I'm like I'm against this you know she doesn't know what she's talking about so why don't you guys go? And then the and then you know the military is like, okay, this guy has no no clue, and so it kind of like trickles down, trickles down, down from there. And like you were saying Trickle earlier, down propaganda, yeah, right. Well, just the whole like the willful ignorance, and, yes. You know, and it's also the thing is because we have to think this way, not only because we could be shot for thinking otherwise, but also it makes us feel safe, right? It makes right. us feel safe that you know that the xenos are dumber than us they could never you know beat us in, in anything you know i was kind of laughing when they were like yeah we just can never get rid of the orcs it's like we hear that they're that they spring from the ground i'm like well that doesn't make any sense I'm Like, oh, well. you know if you had an inquisitor of the ordo of the ordo xenos they could tell you that is exactly true but which just kind of brings up the whole thing of like the lack of education mm-hmm
0: well, I did like when he's kind of musing on that with Shard and he's like, are there females? And she's like, for all we know, those could be the females. Right? Like, I laughed at that. I did too, because I'm like, on one hand, no, obviously there's no females for the orcs. They're fungus. But then again, again, player in your knowledge, not character knowledge, um, as you mentioned, like an Ordo Xenos Inquisitor would be able to be like, actually, <laughs> which like, which like
1: begs the question, like again, kind of goes back to the was the age old question: is the Inquisition helping or hindering? Because wouldn't you want to give your soldiers like all the information so they would know how to attack an enemy?
0: Think so, but then the whole that I guess defeats the whole thing of propaganda, right? Like if you know that, oh, by the way, the orcs. Um, not as smart as we are, but smarter than you would think. Oh, and by the way, they can grow to have the strength of an Astartes. They can kill an Adeptus Astartes. So, go get them, tiger. Like, does that make that harder then? Is that, that's not a very inspirational speech. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um, or you could frame it in that
1: this is why we have to go get them out as soon as possible. So, right. like, to prevent them but, from like, becoming like this, I I mean... You're, if you're a propagandist, can't you find ways of framing stuff? You know? Um, Probably. And that also c- kind of your job. But once you're in the military, I guess you're in, you're having to face a certain type of enemy. Don't you need to know everything about that enemy, whether it's human or not? That's what I, I would think.
0: And You would think. You would think. I did like, like when he was asking her, why do you burn them? Well, that's an old imperial guard uh superstition no that's actually just smart
1: right because they will just grow out of the
0: swamp yeah they will um they will cannibalize each other not literally for well maybe literally uh for parts like it's yeah i think there is like there's, there's a fine line between maybe you guys should understand a little more like I understood why Simlex didn't have a lot of information, but some of the things Von Chard was saying, I was like, really? Like, Pliant probably had the most knowledge, and it was just because he had seen the orcs before. And even then, some of his knowledge, it was kind of like, mm-hmm, yes, but not exactly. Well, yeah, um, and you
1: could also tell he was very hesitant in sharing what he knew, like he was afraid he was going to
0: get in trouble. Very much so. What did you think of the orcs overall? Um, were they were they compelling? were they fun? was it did it make sense to see an air battle with orcs? Well I was very disappointed there was no rocks.
1: I have to say that was disappointing. But I almost kind of felt like we didn't get enough with the green storm. Right. Um, like I know I'm never going to fully understand what that was because it's 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 orc psychic magic you know it doesn't have it's any weird voice
0: so it's weird
1: i mean it doesn't have any rules right but it just would have been nice to like just get like a little bit more information and just guys guess more to, to see it in action and um, but you know i i think that is mostly because for whatever reason I don't even know why. Well, they said they had orders, but they wouldn't go in there and charge it. If they had gone in there and charged it, like, the entire battalion, she went in by herself, okay, with, like, I felt like it was reading a video game in many, many ways. You know, like, everybody around you is dead, but it's just you, right? You're the one person who can go in and take care of it. And yes, she had, like, the holograms and stuff, but even if they didn't have the holograms and they had the entire battalion up there flying... They could have at least figured something out. And at least like a few of them could have made it back to report what it is. Then they could have actually made like a real, a more strategic attack. They made their own proper tactics. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, they wouldn't do it. And that whole thing, really this whole thing befuddled me. With the inaction everywhere. The governor's inaction. Well, then it it made sense when you find out about the Eldari. So her inaction... And yet you understand her inaction because, you know, this whole thing is just, you know, just, it's just so, it's just an inconvenience for the banquets and for how pretty things are. So you can understand, because that's just kind of how they are, right? It's like, oh, this is just, I just can't, just can't even right now with this. But the inaction of the military just floored me.
0: Like, also found that confusing. They tried to explain it away a few times. Where they're like, look, she wants us to protect her banquets. She wants us to protect her house. Like, where she's not our direct superior, but we have to answer to this lady. And yet at the same and time, she, she was like, "Why don't you just go and take care of it? it?" It was very strange. Yeah, it was very strange. And on one hand, on one hand, and we talked about this a little bit with um, Steel Tread, where yeah we're not going to get to know about what the green storm is about because we're not it's not that type of a book mm-hmm. right these are not inquisitors this is not an orno Zenos inquisitor who's out there to figure out what's going on here right um these are just rank and file soldiers who are like this is really weird i don't know what's going on and i just want to be done and go home and that's that's fair Right. So we didn't get those answers. But there were some things that I was like, there's actually a lot of stuff, especially around the end of this book, that I really did want answers on. I I, like, again, and we'll talk a lot more about the Eldar here in a minute. um, But I did. I'm with you. I didn't understand. Like, why do you not just like, why don't you charge in? Like, she's telling you to go to uh, don't charge in literally like just because she's presenting you with a bad option. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't go and do like a better option to fight these people um i understand you've lost everything but there was always and especially with um prosperous like he in particular well my hands are tied my hands are tied are your hands tied or are you just choosing in action because you don't want to be responsible for what comes next i don't know the answer to that question
1: no Really, I think the only thing that would have like saved the planet, to be totally honest, at that point would have been Adeptus Astartes, but she wouldn't have asked for them to come because then they would have seen no other problems like, like that. Because they actually they, much they, much they actually so would... are educated about their enemies.
0: <laughs> yeah, and God help you if the Space Wolves showed up. <laughs> They would have been having none of it. We're just
1: burning this whole thing to the ground.
0: Pretty much.
1: Yeah. We're, also, we're just going to... Yeah, so if you're going to go that route, just, just bring the salamanders, because they're going like, to sniff Eldari and be like, oh, ho, 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 no.
0: Fire so it's going to be that kind of night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Um. Yeah. I... So... This kind of bleeds in because you have the orcs on one hand, right? The orcs are the actual credible threat, like seemingly, right? They are They're the visible violent threat, the visible threat, right? They are violent. They are terrifying. The whole green storm thing. I'm with you. Like I liked it It was clearly a weird boy. We know enough about the orcs so that we can be dangerous. It was clearly a weird boy of some type um, a the of whole, <laughs> or a knows? bunch of them or a bunch of them, but I still can't get over the raining bullets, you guys. That was probably the most inspired thing we read all year. It's like the storm with bullet rain. Like that is, that is the most orky thing I've ever seen or heard of.
1: Love that, but like the lightning that—if it touched you, it teleported. So, like that's just kind Amazing. of funny. That's like,
0: absolutely hilarious. Like and when like they're the trying back to end out... of our plane just disappeared. <laughs> like, yeah, and I do like when she's like. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. By the way. um, Yeah. Um, I love that that was all great. I did like the whole thing that they're like, how are they getting here? Like, well, they can teleport, y'all. <laughs> um, But then there was the Eldari. What did you think of the Eldari? Did they serve the narrative? What was their game here? What? what? So the only thing I could think of with, their, going on with, with their, their
1: game, well, because... I totally missed the clue that, that they were even at the party. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, like, I think it was mentioned, like, once that they... Just like an offhand comment, enough just to make you just kind of like, okay, whatever. Just kind of like, like me, I just totally, totally forgot about it. Like, I remembered Pliant talking about his encounters with um, the fish commies, but I didn't remember him talking about the Aldari ever. Uh, so, like, that was just so if they had said Tau, I'd been like, oh, okay, he did mention the Tau, but no, I just totally missed over the whole Aldari thing. Um, anything, honestly. It wouldn't surprise me if it was actually the Drukhari, who were just like, let's have some fun, <laughs> let's give them a plant, and then just watch.
0: What I was leaning towards as well, um,
1: I am especially with,
0: with
1: especially with her suddenly painting those sigils, and she was kind of slowly going insane and painting those other things that were obviously mm-hmm. like
0: chaotic in, in nature, right? You know. Very much so. And um, just some of the stuff they described. So I am horrible with mysteries and stuff like that. So as soon as he said, he was just like, I can't believe. And I went back and I looked, it's actually across pages 99 and 100. Cause um, he's like, I cannot believe that they came into this banquet. And Smithy's like, no, pay no attention to him. And he's like, but he just said that the Eldari had a banquet. No, 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 no. Oh, that,
1: yes. I do remember that, yeah.
0: Yes. So then the whole book, I was waiting for the Eldari stuff. Like, just waiting for it. Okay, when are they going to show up? When are they going to show up? Um, and I did like... I liked when they did. But again, it kind of felt to me, I was like, and? huh? Like, they're here. You know, they acknowledge that they're here. But to what end? Like, I wasn't sure what... I wasn't sure what purpose they served to the narrative itself.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, because I'm rereading this right now, like real fast, and I do remember this, because as soon as you said that guy at the party, yes, okay, I do remember that, but I was too busy, I was focused on the Tao, because I still had that in my mind from Pliant talking about the Tao. Fair, fair, fair. So, so yeah, so that's why I actually have my variable line that the Tao was just a red herring. So the if you guys, herring. if you guys ever saw the movie Clue, you should. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: Uh, I can hear that in Leslie Ann Warren's voice. Like, I'm communism. funny. I'm say? funny. How? Damn it. So anyway. Um, you are funny. And we I, love you. I'm sorry, um, yes,
1: exactly. So, but yeah, so I totally had had glossed over that. So I really don't know what the Eldari's endgame was because then Dolos just kind of disappeared. Right.
0: And, they mean this, and then they catch her at the end. They're like, oh, by the way, we caught her. I'm like, cool. Like, I guess, in some ways, in some ways, it made this book the ultimate piece of Warhammer 40k imperial propaganda, right? Like, it kind of feels like the administratum wagging its finger at you. Like, if you make deals with the Eldari, you're going to fall asleep at the wheel and your planet's going to get taken over by orcs. (laughs) Like, it feels like that type of, like, cautionary tale, right? Like, um... You know, like, whenever they, like, whenever your parents would give you the talk about, like, don't ever try weed, because then the next thing you're going to be wanting to do heroin. It's a gateway drug. That's right. Because right? all the way from weed to heroin, there's nothing exactly. Between. exactly. It's like that escalating series of events. If you talk to an Eldari, you accept gifts from an Eldari. This is what's going to happen. You're going to lose your whole planet. Like, think
1: of the, it was, there's a Panic! at the Disco song where the line is, like, champagne, cocaine, gasoline, and all things in between.
0: <laughs> exactly so it's like it's one of those things where i was like it's actually kind of brilliant because it does make it the ultimate propagandist piece but i also got to the end and was just like and like okay they they clearly and again it's not for our main characters to know right that's one of the downsides of following somebody like a propagandist or an ace pilot is that it's not for them to Mm -hmm. wonder why there's this to do and die, um, like we right. don't need to know what the Eldari are doing. But I also kind of was like, what was the end game here? Like they clearly were rotting the planet, and they were clearly messing with it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was the Drukhari, and they were just like, funsies. Eh, I'm bored. Well, th- th- that's how I see the Drukhari, though. Pretty much bored rich people. Yes, like, I'm bored. Do you want to mess with the peasants? I'm um, mess with um, the other bored rich of, people. Uh, it's like a it's like um trading places yeah yeah you can ruin this man's life for one dollar i would love to imagine the eldari in the background being like oh i bet them one dollar that we couldn't destroy the whole planet (laughs) yes yeah exactly that is god that's like the that's like all of the bored rich people of warhammer 40k in a nutshell yeah i mean look at even the uh, navigators right I was just about to say, like, look at the navigators in there. Did you know that that one killed her husband? No. It wasn't mentioned 15
1: times or anything like that. So it was a total surprise when it got brought up near the end. I'm never going to be over that anyways. Oh, no. Um, that, that's going to be one of our uh, book club inside jokes to the end of time. To the end of time. We're going to be 90 and I'll still text you. you remember? Did you know who that
0: one lady killed her husband right um yeah pretty much i have a friend uh who every now and then will text me about this fox stole that we found in a thrift market in the french quarter every now and then she'll just text me and be like remember that one time <laughs> and i'm like uh-huh, i do now <laughs> yes i will never forget that um but i i guess that is them in a nutshell and maybe that's all this was maybe they were just like oh let's just so chaos like yeah Cause, i mean
1: because honestly i can't see the regular eldari doing something like this. because they don't do anything without a purpose
0: i mean unless some farseer was like look this planet needs to go down okay i guess that's true. like that could possibly be what it was
1: but um, i don't see in that
0: manner though they would have done
1: i think they would have I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think it was the Drukhari. I mean, just for the fact that she's painting the chaos, I just don't see the other
0: Eldari uh, doing that over over the Drukhari. So I kind of wondered when she was like, "Oh, I'm an artist too. I like to paint," but then he was like, "Oh, can I see your stuff?" And she was like, "Oh, no, 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 no." Oh, okay, honestly, chaos, I just figured
1: it was that she was she likes to paint, but it's like like her escape, but it doesn't mean she wants to show what she's what she's doing
0: she was a little too arrogant for that modesty like i was actually i was taken aback when she was like oh it's not that good really like are you are you serious um i guess in hindsight i should have seen that the overly elaborate costumes were probably eldari inspired you know
1: honestly with some of the over elaborate costumes that we've seen with um the navigators, I didn't think anything of it. Although, especially Seriously? with everybody being masked, all I could think about was Dragon Age and the Orlesians. It's, that's really how I imagined all of them, was was that the big um, Winter's Ball that you would go to in a Dragon Age Inquisition.
0: I have That reminds me. I have been looking, and I can't figure out what it was. Somebody please help me. There... I am trying to think of every time they described her, like insect piece headdress i kept picturing something it's from a really bad 80s fantasy movie and no i know that that does not narrow things down um but i can't think of the movie that it was from now and no it's not flashed gordon and that ridiculous thing that she's wearing in there although that is a pretty good guess um now that i say that out loud i cannot think about what it reminds me of but it does like the way they were describing it i was like oh this is inspired by this thing and i just ridiculous like how do these people like they must have like neck supports like a. well he even like
1: he even made a comment about one of the headdresses like was he saying it was a neck straining head a neck straining headdress or something like that it was like well yeah because i i mean i i even thought that was like even playing like dragon age with some of those masks with the huge headdresses i'm just like that hurts my neck like
0: so badly all i can think of is they must have like um like, the, uh, what is that tribe of women? I think they're from Laos, but it might be from Northern Thailand. Where they stretch their neck with the metal bands. Oh, the metal like bands. They must have, like, yeah, they must have those on them. Like, to keep them up with some of these things. Um, it was just a very, very interesting touch. I, I think I kind of, I kind of liked the Eldari plot, but I kind of wanted to see more from it, too. Again, I know we weren't supposed to, but I was like, ah. Like that's one of the frustrations of having characters that aren't allowed to have that kind of knowledge
1: right but at the same time though i think it would have made things worse if we did like for example more questions for example i was actually kind of frustrated that shard lived
0: i felt the same i actually thought of yeah that other yeah yeah yes the Donna Fire book where yeah. we were like why is she still alive like not to sound callous but why though I guess because the Von Shards don't die I mean they need to have their fingers in all of the branches of the Militarum although I mean it's heavily implied that if she died they'd just find another one
1: well I mean they even talked about how that you know they're like we don't care what happens to her like, she's an embarrassment yeah, her to her family okay um so it's probably a good thing that she was never assigned a regiment where her brother was commissar
0: right <laughs> exactly um but yeah i was i was a little disappointed that she died as she survived as well i was like oh that would have because he kind of sets you up well like the the, think she's in, dead. in the
1: preface it even it even yeah. says like the last time he saw her was you know silent hanging in the void okay um so that's really how i thought things things were, were going to end and so it's like you know oh yeah she 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 saw the movie too and yeah she got promoted she's doing this and that i'm like why was she promoted like that goes against like everything okay so she right. was the hero this one time after she already defied all these orders like
0: because she's useful
1: i guess which is also
0: the 40k way right right and but very useful
1: okay so all right you got you got me there 100 but i was still disappointed that, that that she lived it just seemed like one of those things that it just um Seemed unnecessary.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It did feel, um, I think it would have had a little more oomph to it had she died. And then Thank that's you. like, yeah. that could have, and then <laughs> that's the scientific and technical word, oomph comes from old Latin. Um, they, um, I think it would have added a little bit to it, especially given the fact that they did basically sequester um, and uh, censor his original work. Not only does she die, the, the real story about what happened to her doesn't get out either. That would have been very Warhammer 40k. Having said that, I mean, Pliant kind of, or that he, he hears that she still exists and that Kikazara is still in her pl- her plane. But heck, for all we know, like Pixar, it didn't happen, right? Right. It is the 40k universe. It, uh, yeah, I think uh, now that we're talking about it, like when I first finished the book, I was like, ugh. I don't know about that one. It was okay. But the more that we're talking about it now, I think I, I did enjoy it more than I originally thought I did. Despite some of my commentary in this podcast tonight, I feel like I've been like super negative about it, which I, I did. I mean, I did. It was enjoyable. There were a lot of things in it that I liked. Denny Flowers is a good author. I really liked his dialogue. His dialogue. Oh my gosh! Nice clip.
1: Oh, the dialogue and the description both. I thought that was just. I, I I look forward to more books, but yes by denny flowers and you know one yes, i when, agree with that so when i was kind of posting stuff like on our twitter i did happen to see a quick like little review and it was talking about how this was like a breath of fresh air and i was like well that's an interesting way of thinking about it and the more i thought about it that was when it kind of hit me i was like well it is a breath of fresh air and that there's no redeeming characters <laughs> you know there's no hero that's true. there's no hero that's true. there's there is nothing but the truth there is no redeeming thing and we saved everything nothing was saved Literally no. nothing was saved. It, nothing was saved. This was like the most Warhammer 40k book we might have read in a long time. If you think, if you really think about it in those terms.
0: You are probably correct. And that is that these were all very real people. Mm-hmm. Very flawed. Um, and it's a breath of fresh air because they're pilots. You see, they're in the air. Mm. Um but I don't think also, the swamp
1: air is that fresh, but that's just me. I mean, I haven't really lived in a swamp, but that's just what I
0: would assume, having had to spend every summer in a swamp growing up. And don't kid yourself, Houston swamp adjacent. Anything that's humid is a swamp to me now because I've spent so much time in Colorado.
1: We were okay. Um, I lived on the north side, so I wasn't really. Yes, we were in the floodplains, because the whole area is the floodplains, but we weren't really in the... They're not what I would consider the swamp. What I consider swamp, I think of Louisiana and Florida with their airboats. That's what I think of with swamp.
0: That's the swamp I went to most summers.
1: Like, I know Amen. there's some swamp areas in That's Texas, because my brother-in-law, one of his best friends, they have... they own a house on this island that's in the middle of some Texas swamp because that's where they go to shoot duck and stuff so like when Harvey happened he happened to have his airboat and that's what he used to go rescue people so I was like okay that's kind of a fun excuse to go down like middle of like a busy highway that's now flooded with water about you know six feet I'm in an airboat. <laughs>
0: She sounds so awesome. And I'm now insanely jealous. I, I know. Um, like I would
1: see these pictures of like a street that I would drive down to go to high school. That was five, six feet underwater. And they're speeding down in a speedboat. I'm like, first of all, that's so wrong. But second time, I'm so cool. And I kind of wish I was on that oh, boat with you.
0: Take me with you. right? <laughs> um, and having been on airboats before, I'm not a fan of them. And even I kind of want to do that. Um Anytime we read books about swamps, I'm like, I can smell this book. <laughs> um, I I am of the Colorado people and belong in the Colorado. I do not handle humidity well. I am so very I curious. I'm like, this is a swamp.
1: So, as someone who has visited swamps, I'm very curious
0: what kind of wine you could grow from swamps. Like, it really makes me wonder about what fruit. When they you're were getting. just when he was describing the undertaste of mildew. I was like, this is everything that I expected from a swamp. Like, he's talking about like, how oh, this is very fine vintage. I'm like, of toilet wine? (laughs) Like, that's the only thing that's coming out of a swamp, y'all. Like, the only stuff that grows down there is grody. Like, is it crawfish wine? (laughs) Oh, God so daddy i would like to apologize to all of our listeners slash viewers
1: um i'm sorry you got to see me make that face but oh my god mm.
0: i love crawfish and that's disgusting yeah no
1: but i don't I, uh, it's a thing about drinking meat
0: <laughs> I have issues ew, with. Ew. you're not supposed to do that what oh. fruit does grow in a swamp because you can't <laughs> grow like grapes um, like the only thing I can think of right now that's like you would get out of a swamp would be like nutria. <laughs> that's that's well, not, not really that a bad fruit. actually. Uh, no, nutria is a rat. Swamp rat, yeah. And they're actually not that bad. Apples, I guess. I don't know. Well, like, cause,
1: well, they never said it was grapes. They just said it was a fruit. But you know, you can make wine out of really any fruit, well.
0: huh? Like figs. Figs do great in Louisiana. Cranberries do well in swamps. That's all they do is just float them along, right? Right. I uh, am not, getting, not like, want to really eat
1: cranberries like floating. Along.
0: Oh. I love cranberries.
1: I don't. I like cranberries, but I like them when they're you know harvested in the farms with like the cleanish water, not swamp water.
0: You got me there. I mean uh, persimmons. Okay, that's enough Google for that. Um, okay, the f- good news fig is fig wine might be interesting. Uh?
1: Fig wine might be interesting.
0: I would drink that. Although yeah. part of the joy of figs is the texture of them. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Mm, wasps. I was to say, because um, you're eating the wasp. <laughs> Eeds. But so this book was uh, characters who knew nothing. Our next book is going to be arguably characters who know too much. Too much. Yes. With Awakenings by George Mann. I am super excited. It has been forever since I read the comic uh, of Aster Sabbath Thiel. Um, Which I read it Rome. too.
1: But. I didn't know anything and i was very confused (laughs) that's very
0: natural i probably should Um, go back and
1: read it reread it now that i know about the dark angels
0: this book like the special edition is lovely Um, even though she looks like
1: mary queen of scots aka bloody mary on the front
0: so if you recall not this year but last year the warhammer 40k calendar had her on the December month and um, this one. one of our friends who doesn't read Warhammer forty k she was like why do you have scary, scary Queen Elizabeth the first on your wall so now I just call her Scary Queen Elizabeth or or Bloody Mary because she's gonna be real spitting mad when she comes back from the dead
1: yeah so I think um, it's when when you said Angry Queen Elizabeth and I was like yeah but all the red and I see the I see the royalty with this you know collar definitely no. with the hair. But with the right. But with the anger, actually, just because, you know, I've seen paintings of Mary, Queen of Scots. I mean, that's kind of not too far what she looked like. Not
0: too far off. I mean,
1: sword, angry. And she was called Bloody Mary for a reason
0: because she killed a whole lot of Protestants. She was no statistically speaking compared to other royals she really was she didn't really kill that many. Well, but, that she but they were her one. own people. So that was yeah, yeah, and it was predominantly I mean it was border it was basically a genocide. So that was the other reason that she got that. But right. she
1: really was not so, I mean, that it, bloody of a queen. No, I mean it's cool to kill, you know, she killed the French. I wouldn't have called her anything, but That's she a killed a victimless her own people. Right. Right exactly, the but joke. she but she killed yeah. her own people. So
0: Exactly, we, we we tend to frown on that, right? Um, unless you're Stalin. Um, <laughs> um, Stalin jokes never old.
1: Um, Speaking anyways, of space fish commies.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so that is we are reading uh, Awakening. Super excited! It is available in via hardback, ebook, and uh, audio book as well. So is it available? Keeping up with our trend here. I only. Um, it was. I think. I think now it's just ebook and mm. um audio Okay. So if you missed out on the special edition, you will still be able to follow along at home with us, which is really awesome. I feel like because I know we have a lot of people who read ebook and a lot of people who do audiobook and like the last few books that we've read have all had them. It's been really awesome.
1: It has been, yeah. I mean, we've been looking forward to reading this like forever.
0: Yes. So. So this one's going to be <laughs> no pressure, George Mann.
1: Yeah, none whatsoever. I think I've only read one book by George Mann. Actually, it was the uh, Shrike.
0: I was going to say probably
1: the Shrike. Uh, because I, I
0: did read that, uh, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. So, yeah, I'm excited. This should see. be good. Yeah. Do you want to take us out, Karen? Yes,
1: I I, th- I think I will before I drink more tea and then be like, I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing for everybody here. All right, so you've listened to the Warhammer 40K Book Club episode regarding Outgun by Denny Flowers. So be sure to join us next time for Awakenings by George Mann. We are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40K books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay a while and read from a crack. And I'm still off furious. Just let you know, as I drink my tea with my pinky out.
0: Iron within, iron without. Still love my bitter man, children.
1: I feel like when you say that, because it's you saying it, not a not a uh, Iron Warrior. You need to make a poem out of that. Iron within, iron
0: without. I like to see them pout, since they often do. Never wrong, but without a doubt. That works. Or I'm always wrong, that, but without a at, doubt. <laughs> I was terrible at poetry. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night, everybody.